And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. Welcome back. I'm joined with my co-host, Chris. Chris is joined with his co-host, me. How are you, Chris? I'm good. Good. Welcome back for another week on the podcast. Yes, it's good to be back. I actually genuinely love the podcast. It's one of my favorite days of the week. What a good opportunity to just get to sit down and have a wee chat. Part of your job. I love it. It's pretty cool. So, this week we're going to be covering the foundations and all that kind of crack. You've done the foundations, obviously, when we first started off ages ago. What was your kind of first insight when you first tested on the level method? Um, that I wasn't as fit as I thought I was. I was pretty cardiovascularly fit, but fit has a lot of different dimensions to it, and there was a lot of dimensions that I didn't have or that I wasn't very good at to start, and it highlighted those, and it gave me basically a target or the next step to be better in it and help me progress as an athlete. Yeah, well, the first thing that happened when I seen that board is I strolled right on over to the black, and I quickly and briefly and shamefully walked my way back like the orange and the blue, and it is, it's quite humbling. That's one thing that's definitely interesting about it is that, especially for me, maybe if you're a fucking professional athlete and you're listening to this, maybe you think you can do better, which is fair enough, all the credit to you. But for the most part, people who are just regular gym goers um, are going to find that this has everything you need and more in terms of progression. Like, I mean, you, for example, we've got a couple of clients who perform very, very well across one specific area, running, for example, and they... Maybe, a bit, maybe two or three, maybe four people have maxed out the running. Um, I think we maybe what have. What is the max on running? Like, uh, what is it there? The mile, mile in three minutes? No. Is it? What do we got? Running. Way down here. Five minutes and 30 seconds. Five minutes, 30 second mile, which is absolutely sensational. So we have four people do that. Maybe we have three people max out the deadlift. And apart from that, I mean, it's ridiculously hard to get red. The red is the red elite competitor. So obviously, if you're a CrossFit athlete, and you're wanting to kind of see if you're ready for competition. The level method dictates that you would be ready or at least performing very, very well if you have majority red. Black is absolutely sensational. But one of the things that we want to talk about today is white, yellow, orange, and even this bad boy here, which is the spectrum of health. All right. And so what this is is essentially is like, you know, what where where should the, the lay person be? Where should your average person who wants to be Fit, healthy, look good, feel good, plenty of energy, you know, give themselves the best chance at life. Um, and have, But not have fitness take over your whole life as well. Exactly, yeah. Now, and also, if you want a bit of that, that's there too. Veering up towards the purple and the brown, it's going to be very hard to get purple and brown without fitness taking over your life, at least seasonally. Yeah. Um, and obviously then we're kind of veering down towards orange, end of orange and blue. And so, <laughs> if you're... Blue or purple, you're pretty much ideal in terms of the spectrum of health, looking like healthy blood pressure, your body fat's in a good percentage, and you have a stronger immunity. And then obviously if we look down towards the whites and the yellows, remember, if you're white and you're yellow, no judgment, especially coming from yourself. It's okay to start where you're starting. What's not okay is that if you start there and you're struggling to get there over time, and then you just quit. Obviously that's when you really lose 
<laughs> this fly loves us. He, he wants to get fed. He wants to do, do the foundations. And so this is the big thing is like that. If you have metrics, all right, things that are measurable and that are leading you towards sickness, higher body fat percentage and lower immunity, then that's less than ideal. And even if we start moving up towards the blacks and the red, that might even be moving out of the optimal health spectrum because sometimes professional athletes have to do things that aren't necessarily healthy um, like absolutely flogging themselves in terms of training because the performance demands are that high. Sometimes, you know, high performance athletes when they're ready to peak can um, be very, very vulnerable in terms of their immune system because their body is literally living on the edge. Would you agree? Um, I would say it depends. I think you might be thinking a little bit more like cutting weight for a fight or something like that where things start getting a little bit um, crazy in terms of detrimental to your health. I think um, when you do start going into the um, elite categories and you start putting yourself under a lot of stress, mm. I think not being able to manage that stress will put you at risk of injury or sickness or whatever. But if you manage your stress well, like the body is incredibly like uh, adaptable. Yeah, maybe you're right. So I would say, but in terms of, um, but one of the cool things about this is like moving from sickness to wellness. And um, that's what it says right here, moving from sickness to wellness. See if you are a white belt. So you come in here and you have white in, let's say, your front squat, which is uh, a 8 kg kettlebell, or sorry, a 12 kg kettlebell for lads, 8 kg for ladies. If you squat to a 20 inch box, that's basically you hold the kettlebell, you sit down, and you stand up. If that's the limit of your uh, ability, so obviously that's not as that's not wellness. So you need to be able to do a little bit more than that, and your life is going to be pretty restrictive living like that. But what this does is it teaches you the next step to get out of that zone, which is pretty cool. And it's the same with all the other ones. Like your lactic tolerance is bad, your deadlift is bad. You're way more risk of injury, way more uh, risk of getting hurt. And if you go from white all the way up to blue or purple, you'll be a far more robust. Hundred percent. And one of the things I love about the level method as well is that it opens up. An opportunity for a broader conversation it's like right okay well you know you can't get your front squat well why it's like you're not strong enough yes fair enough that's it well, that's one thing one you can't hold the bar so why can't I hold the bar well you can't hold the bar because your mobility you know and so now we have to start having a conversation about your t-spine and about your office posture about the fact that your lats are really working that your chest is overly tightened so even though we're just looking at the front squat the front squat is going to open, open a broader conversation you know we start having a look at push-ups. Okay, so obviously we want to get good at push-ups. Well, now we need to probably have a, a conversation about nutrition. It's like, are you hitting your protein requirements? You know, are you too heavy? You know, what's your what in terms of you know, a, a relative strength test, which means you know your weight to strength ratio is like, well, what's out of whack? Are you just really weak? And in, in which case we want to focus on building muscle, or are you fairly strong and you just have far too much weight hanging on, or both? You know, and so it's again, so then we need to have a, a deeper conversation, and if progressing on and moving towards a spectrum, uh, uh, moving towards wellness and moving away from sickness is really important. It's like, well, then this is a good marker, as we said, anywhere from orange to purple would be absolutely fantastic, ideally blue. And so if that's where you want to get, it's like, well, we're going to have to start taking our nutrition seriously. And train. Well, I, I generally, at this stage of the game, take train as a granted for most fighting for clients, but obviously you're listening to this and you're not a fighting for clients. Most to 95% of fighting for clients are working out regularly, which is you know fantastic. It speaks volumes about the program and the coaching and how enjoyable it is, and even just the, the commitment that we get out of fighting for clients, credit to them. It's like, that's amazing. Most people who come here train three to five times a week, which is absolutely insane. Um, some do, train more. Some train more, yeah, that's it. And to get to a point where you're doing that really, really regularly is really 
massively impressive in terms of like building that habit and getting to that place in your life where exercise is just something what you do. I got a comment from one of the one of the clients there the other day. He was saying, you know, that his kids always come. It's like, oh, daddy, you going to exercise today? You know, and it's like that's really cool. It's like his kids associate him, you know, as as somebody who exercises, somebody who looks after their, their body. So he has that identity now in his kids' eyes, which is which is awesome. You look up to him very well. Yeah, just sure. like, my daddy's the strongest man in the whole entire planet. And like, I something I noticed as well about like Mason and, and, and wee Molly is they're always squatting. It's like, they, like Mason always sees me squat. He always sees me do push ups. And so he, he just wants to do it as well. he just thinks that it's normal, and that's really really cool. That's something that I really like. Um, and so obviously again, but what is the level method? Well, what is it? What is the level method? Um, it's a way to uh, assess where you're at. Um, it identifies weaknesses, and then it helps you progress um, and eliminate those weaknesses. System, like systematically, so like the cool coolest thing about it. Here's how it's systemized: because you go up to a certain point, let's say you get to orange, you can get to orange and still have two yellows. But until you address those two yellows, you cannot progress any further, and it forces you to work on your weaknesses. Like you can still progress in the other areas, but you're not going to get another band, you're not going to level up, and you'll still be an orange athlete. And those things will limit you. So you do one workout. The one of the workouts that we have here will basically. All the workouts that we have here are basically there's a yellow version, an orange version, a blue version, a purple version, a brown version, and a black version. And that's easiest or hardest. <clears throat> and if you are an orange band <clears throat> and you are yellow in, let's say, upper body pull, you won't be able to do the orange workout if it's an upper body pull workout, even though you're orange, because you need the uh, orange, let's say, criteria. Yeah, you, that standard, yeah, you yeah. need to have that, that strength in the upper body. You need to, have that strength body weight ratio so what that will tell you to do is basically go and work on your upper body pull and you get better and you progress it and then once you progress it um, that will make you stronger in another area so let's say if you get stronger in your upper body pull your lactate tolerance will get better because there's an upper body pull element to that and your own will get stronger because there's an upper body pull element to that and all the different levels like intertwine with each other and they all have each other so like just because you're weak in one area um, <clears throat> it doesn't mean you can't Advance in other areas, but it will hold you back. So it forces you to address your weaknesses. Yeah, as we said, one thing I think very, very important about this is before I kind of say what I say next is obviously here if you can't look, or if you're if you're just listening, orange two to let's say purple two. That's the ideal range that we've been focusing on. If you've just been listening to Keith, we we haven't really addressed that. Orange two to purple two. That's the ideal standard. Now, obviously you can go above, or you can you can, you can be below. As I said, no judgment. But the key thing is here, this is a judge, right? And so we don't expect anybody to be black or red or brown or purple. But realistically, one of the issues that we had when we introduced this first was everybody, well, not everybody, but an awful lot of people didn't like it. And they didn't like it because it's a judge. Yeah. And so this is objective. It's metrics. It's it's a standard. And it was different as well. Yeah, of course. But but the big thing is like people are like, oh, I don't want to be tested. I don't yeah. want to be tested. You don't want to be judged, even, or you don't want to judge yourself. And that's one of my favorite things about it. Not necessarily that it's a judge, but that it's it it's something to work towards. It's listen, what are you what are you going to work towards? Like what are you like every if you're moving, if you're trying to move in a positive direction, you have some kind of aim, you have some ideal, some goal that's serving as a judge. I want to run five k. Why I can't run five k? Well, you as somebody who can run five k is 
serving is your ideal and that ideal then is going to judge you and say oh well you're not there yet oh you're you know and hopefully it's a kind judge you know the judge doesn't have to be you know super harsh and all this kind of stuff it's like hey look you're just not quite there yet it's both a guide and a judge and so you want to let it be both you don't just want it to judge 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 no you're not there you're not good enough it's like hey you're not there but I'll tell you what, this one that's right here is completely doable. This one next to you is completely doable. It's okay to be wherever you're at. In my personal opinion, it's just not okay to stay somewhere that you're not happy with and to not be healthy and not be doing anything about it. If you're grinding at this, if you've been a white and you've been a white for the past six months and you're trying your damnedest to move in the right direction, it's like, well, that's going to move you across the spectrum of health. So you're going to move from you know a white who's completely, you know, not healthy because you know low bone density weak muscles poor cardiovascular health poor coordination poor coordination uh, you know risk of injuries risk of injuries outside the gym like again you're just not coordinated because you could trip and fall and break your arm and that's going to leave you out and then the muscle atrophy and joint pain nerve pain all that kind of fun stuff you could be overweight you know it's like all this kind of stuff could but if you're working towards getting your yellow it's like all that is going to have to improve in order for you to get that and so having that standard and that metric and to even start engaging with uh, an idea of being competitive with yourself. It's like, listen, i got to beat that person who I was yesterday. i got to be better and better and better. It's like that, I believe, is a very, very good place to be in, given that you're doing it in a, in a competitively kind way. You know, it's like you're trying to push yourself, but you're not been too hard on yourself to the point where you're starting to get into negative self-talk. But, you know, we can get into the conversation about, uh, you know, positive peer pressure. Yeah, well, I think that's that's pretty cool um, here, especially when it comes to like a testing phase or one of the things that I like to do when I'm programming is I like to uh, put in like group sections. So like let's say we're doing a deadlift and me, you and Peter are, you know, we're, we're all, there's a black in deadlift or red in deadlift, Peter's red in deadlift. Peter broke the scale, did you? Right there. Let me see. Am I red? I'm red in deadlift as well. But um like we put, if we're in a group, so we put all of us together. And if I'm deadlifting, so 200, and you're only deadlifting 190, you know, like you'll feel like you like, I should be up here with the lads. You know, and it'll push it, we'll give you that, that little thing. Now, you might feel a little bit shitty about it if you pull the lowest set in your group, but it'll motivate you to get a little bit stronger as well. That's the same. Stuff like this, it can both be intimidating and encouraging. It depends on, on your frame, and obviously, it depends on the environment you're at. But I feel like the big thing is like, you know, the conversation you have with yourself. It's like, listen, let's be realistic. Peter's pulling. 200 fucking 20 kilo and I'm pulling 160 kilo I'm just going to try and pull the weight that Peter's pulling why not that's so I hurt myself uh, you know but again I'll, I'll do my best to, to again always do your best and it's nice because sometimes progress lives just right there on the edge you know I was talking <clears> to <throat> not sometimes always always like progress you always get progress when you're at the edge of your ability yeah for, exactly yeah for sure exactly yeah for the most part sometimes it's you know, doing what what you're comfortable with, and maybe it's the consistency that's the hard part. You know, like because again, you can't you, you can't. So what we can get get into a debate about uh, for like progress. So and what the edge of your ability is, because I would say uh, one of the main things people struggle with that is at the edge of your ability would be consistency. Yeah, I'm sure. And this is I sorry, I don't just mean intensity. Yeah. It's not intensity overall, but you know. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So but intensity obviously plays a big part. And a little bit there, like intensity is one of those things where it's like. It doesn't just mean go as hard as you can. Intensity is some is a variable that can be manipulated in loads of different ways. Like you can have endurance intensity, yeah. you can have like maximal output intensity, you could have you know, a little bit of a mix of both, you could have a strength intensity, 
Um, you've got the flexibility intensity. Like, I'm not sure about you, but if you hold the bottom of a squat and you're not very mobile, more than two minutes it gets pretty intense. So, uh, yeah, growth, growth, growth is generally going to challenge it. Yeah. And that's how it is because your body doesn't really want to grow. Your mind might want to grow. Your mind so, all that, <coughs> I think it always challenges it. I think it like, growth always challenges it. That's a very good point. I retract my previous statement. Nah, sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. It's good. Um, so, obviously, the foundations is your guide to leveling up and moving towards from zero to hero. That's what I just saw. And there's a, a thing I seen a short the other day where it was um, Anakin Skywalker and Obi Wan just like only sit feeling absolutes. I was like, it's absolutely this thing. It's absolutely growth. Uh, I think I might have said it to you ages ago. Was it? It's one of my, one of my favorite quotes. It's only the sit feeling absolutes. And I think I've ever seen a quote that I am going to butcher it. Butcher it. Not even butcher it. I, I can't even give context. But I remember it was like, a, 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 do or do do or do or not. There is only try. It was Yoda. Yeah. It's like, and it was like Yoda with a red lightsaber. It's like, that's an absolute. <laughs> Yoda, god damn you. Uh, but yeah, and again, that's why it's like, you know, one of the biggest issues. To, let's continue down the Star Wars path. You know, one of the big issues with, you know, people who have, have issues is dealing in absolutes. It's like this kind of all or nothing. And this is where, you know, Peter deadlifted 220 and somebody who's white, it's like, well, what is the gap in between? It's like, well, it is a spectrum. There's so much room in between A and B. It's like, and any step in the right direction, it's like, it doesn't have to be, you know, you're, I'm either unfit or fit. It's like, you know, it's a spectrum. And as we start moving across that spectrum, you start understanding, you know, how much wiggle room that there is and how much it's not just hot and cold. You know what I mean? And again, you could be fit, like like you were when you tested initially on the level method. Yeah, I got I got blue, but not everywhere. Yeah, well, you know my my overall score when I first started was blue, and as a PT, you know, like for this here, like that's like your, you know, like your you know, someone who does who trains wherever, but it's not their whole life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as a PT, I was like kind of offended that I even got blue. I was expecting to be like purple or brown, but I think I, I think I didn't initially test it as purple. Did you? No, you didn't. Like so. actually, it was yeah. It's one of the things that had me back was my flexibility. And the coolest thing about it is that, like, that hurt my ego so much that my little brother got purple before I did. I was like, I should be getting that. And it was because of flexibility, something I struggled with forever. And I um, got, like, a yoga teacher training qualification. I was like, I need to address this. And then it literally motivated. It was like, all right, well, that is my one goal now. I'm going to sort my flexibility out. And then everyone else carried through. And then my squats got better uh, because of it. My Olympic lifting got better because of it. Everyone just felt way, way easier. Conversation I have with so many people who join new. They have loads of exercise experience. They might have been athletes like for years and years and years. And the conversation that they have with me consistently, and even the conversation they have with themselves, is like, I used to be fit. I used to be, oh, I used to be so fit. And that's one of the things that I loved about the level method was that it affirmed everything that I was doing. It was like, because I, I was obviously doing the fighting for training and all this kind of stuff. And should you be strength training? Should you be Olympic lifting? Now my flex went up. Now my this, now my that, now the other. You know, I haven't ran in ages, but it's like one of the cool things with, with all these athletes, it's like, Listen, it's it's not like that. Like, fair enough, you're not as sharp as you could have been, you know, maybe two two to ten years ago when you were in your training, you know, you might have been blue, you might have been purple. It's like, but now like you're sitting at the bottom of orange street, it's like you're not white, you know, you're not yellow. It's like you have so much still there, we're ready to there. Train. Exactly, yeah. It's like the base level that you have trained for for years and years and years is there. And not only that, like obviously with our experience, like I can tell somebody, Hey, listen, it's gonna be a month before you get your blue, like it's not long at all. It's like, and then realistically, the real battle begins in the purple. We'll get you the purple. And it's like, but realistically, if you think that you've lost it, 
you know, you can reaffirm your confidence in your fitness with the level method by showing up and kind of saying, oh, well, look, this is actually where you're at. You're not, you, where are you? Oh, probably you had a little bit of No, listen, look, your running's up a brown, your kettlebell's up there a purple, you know, your front squat's up a blue, you know, your upper body pull's blue, your upper body push is blue. Like, what you have is, your squat endurance is blue. What you have is a really, really solid base that you could do something with. They're like, oh, great. And so that's a confidence builder right off the gate. Yeah, and it also, like, when you first test it, you find out exactly where you're at. So there's no guessing. There's no, like, thing. something that I notice a lot when um, dealing with the public or dealing with the average person is um, that they'll have, like, a bit of an ego with, like, oh, I can do this, I can do that, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they'll go to test it, and they'll come up short or whatever it is, and then that will motivate them as well to, to get back to where they were. Like, it was the thing we've got um, – Few clients here are part of the same family, the brothers, and one of the things that they were saying before, one of the brothers signed up was they're talking about push-ups and how many push-ups you can do. It's like, is that a push-up or is that a fight and fit push-up? And it's like, if you, if me and you were doing a test, or is who's better at kettlebells? No, it's like, I am, I am. No, it's like, here's the test. Who's better at kettlebells? So let's do it. Here, like, and it makes it objective, and I think that competition is really cool too. But it lets you know exactly where you're at in all these different dimensions, and then. It gives you a direction like this here is called MAP. This is the level method MAP, um, or the method of athletic progression, which is a cool acronym. But I think the MAP analogy sounds very really, like sounds to it because it gives you a point, foundations program tells you where you're at in it, and then the direction is up this way. So we're heading it that way. It's like which one do you want to solve first? And usually, like you want to address your weaknesses first, and then once you have that weakness solved, you feel better, more experienced as an athlete. So. Um, it's a really, really good place to start because you find out where you're on the map and then you can't really, if you don't know where you're at, you don't know where you're going and if you don't know where you're going, well then you're just going to be wandering in circles and I think this gave us a lot of focus in terms of training and in terms of programming and in terms of helping people, it helps us um, give them focus and it helps us basically improve our lives in terms of our physicality. Which is it also keeps things very novel, you know what I mean, like I was doing flexibility and Pilates for you know, two years on repeat and nauseam, mainly just because I was injured. And then I kind of, this came around and it was like, all of a sudden rings popped up and I'd never considered rings before in my life. And I was like, oh, and that's, it was something really, really cool. I kind of thought it was silly at the start as well, rings. I was like, why do we need, why do we need to go yeah. rings? There you go. And it's like, because it's a cool gymnastics movement and the benefits of going for rings is shoulder stability, all that sort of stuff. And then rings is one of my most, like, um, it's one of the areas that I've engaged with the most to progress, Same. which is really, really cool. And it would have been something I would have completely ignored before. And low-key was part of something that I was like, kind of thought was really cool at the same time. Like, if you ever see gymnasts on the rings, like, it's absolutely insane. Like, it, one of the things that we have to do here is a strict ring muscle-up. Boom, right there for brown two. Like, that's really, really uh, advanced in terms of um, just gen general CrossFit. No, what I was going to say, but in gymnastics, like, Basic pay to play, like yeah, yeah, that's basic, basic like stuff for it. So oh, like uh, if you're talking Olympic level athletes, I mean, not even Olympic level athletes, just someone who is who's doing gymnastics. Oh, really? Yeah, like getting up on the rings is like, like wrap up your clothes. Strict ring muscle up. Yeah, it should just be basically wild. Yeah, absolutely wild. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many different areas like that, like Olympic lifting, hang power cleans, that kind of stuff is one that definitely frustrates an awful lot of clients. Yes. And why? Because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and why is that frustrating? Because they want to be good at that. And like, why do you think it annoys them so much? 
because there's a lot to it. An awful lot of people, for talk's sake, don't understand simple mechanics anyway. And so then starting to ask a high level skill of them is like it really challenges their learning. It's like, okay, so now you have to understand. So I think, I think, I think Kelly might have called it maybe the hang power clean. That might only be a level two movement. So level one would be like one, one joint movement, you know, or maybe maybe two. But it's like you know one archetype, for example, a squat, you know, mm -hmm. or a hinge. Mm -hmm. And so one of the issues with hang power clean is that we're trying to move from one position into the other, and that's difficult. You know, like a burpee. Like burpees also frustrate people. You have to move from one position into another, into another, into. And obviously, yes, it's hard. But you know, to be able to move from one to the other to the other safely. And to not feel uncomfortable when you're doing it, it's like it requires mobility, it requires coordination, it requires an understanding of your center of gravity and all this kind of stuff. And you know, the Olympic lifting is like it's so technical. I remember trying to learn it and still trying to learn it. It's, it, it's, it's a lot. And so to ask people to take that on is challenging. Yeah, and I also think it makes me feel very, very silly. Yeah, true. I think it's especially a, triple extensions. Yeah, it's one of the like it is one of the most awkward things that you have to learn. Once you learn it and it clicks and you, you can see a bit of progression, you can see yourself get better at it. Because you get a good bump and a good catch. Like, yeah, yeah. And you got it and then you watch it back and see like a really cool triple extension. It's a, it's very And then you watch it, you watch that same lift back two years there and you go, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. I have, I have one where I was doing Olympic lifting and it was like 2017 or something like that there. And I was like so impressed. So it was 70 <laughs> kilos. It was 70 kilos. And I got overhead and I was like, this is dead. I got 70 kilos over my head. And like, now it's like, like I'll do like without warming up, without doing anything, I'll just do seventy kilos like nothing, which is a. I was doing one. I was looking back myself like a year and a half, two years ago, and I was like completely bent over and I pulled. Mm. And it's just and I at the time I was like, oh my god, oh look at this, it looks class, like it looks terrible. But yeah. this is but the that, thing that, about that's what happens when you get better at everything. Exactly, this is it. That's what learning looks like, and so you will start cringing at your old stuff. I'm sure anybody's like, look at your hairstyle on your Facebook memory, fucking six years ago you're like oh i can't believe my war bangs are he's like, I, can't, mustache. I can't believe i grew a mustache and what um <laughs> and you know so one of the cool things i really like about the foundations as well like in terms of body push like staying on the novelty trend you know it's like we move from push-ups right cool how many push-ups do you want to do it's like you know we used to set goals people 20 push-ups 30 push-ups 40 push-ups 50 push-ups six like at what point you're like right can we move on from push-ups now please it's like i can do push-ups and so and obviously, again, like, I mean, can you do 100 push-ups? Like, that would be fucking ridiculously impressive to be able to do 100 push-ups. But, you know, to invert that and start, you know, oh, now we're working on overhead press. Now we're working on handstand push-ups. And so, again, we start focusing on stuff fun. Kettlebell swings. Can you do kettlebell swings? Here? Cool. Can you do single arms? Cool. Can you switch? Can you do a snatch? You know, can, and so, again, stuff like that then starts to become very, very novel and it keeps your training alive. I agree. Instead of just doing the same thing. The novelty is actually a really cool aspect of it. It really is. There's 15 different categories there. Yeah, and no two, no two sessions are the same. And uh, like uh, the cool thing as well with this is that it will also highlight your strengths. Like when you do the foundations program, you come in, you'll also learn um, all the cool, all all the basic movements uh, for exactly where you're at. And then when you're doing the sessions, you'll learn how to advance. It'll be like when you do do one of the sessions, show let's say you're a yellow band and you're front squatting, and let's say you're a lad, and you're your front squatting fifty two and a half for eight. You've done it twice already. Coach will go over and basically like. Forms are good, um, everyone's like nice and smooth, step it up, you're going to go to 60 kilos, you need five reps too, I want you to try and make it look exactly like you're a uh, 52 and a half, and then boom, they start flying that out, and then you know, they've just leveled up there in the space of three weeks, because they've got more coordinated with their, with their squat, it's not necessarily 
even like a strength thing, I would say, is more a coordination thing. But they, yeah, I'll say. But another thing that people really struggle with when they start is skipping. So skip is another one just on the same line of your, your coordination. You know, yeah, it's not what it's neurological and core endurance is a category. Yeah. So again, so neurological and core as a big part of that is skipping. And so I know people who couldn't skip at all. If you're watching this, you remember, you know who you are. You couldn't do four skips. And now you can do 150, no problem. And the double under is in. It's like, oh, so you got good at, at single under. So some people come in and they can just do singles. It's like, oh, congratulations. Let's start doing doubles. And then we start doing doubles. And I say, okay, can you do doubles? Yeah, I can do one. Can you land your doubles? Yes. Can you do doubles alternating with your singles so you can show that you can speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. So we're starting to focus on rope control. Can you do them unbroken? Can you do them unbroken for high reps? Now can you do them unbroken for high reps with sit-ups in there on, on the same workout for time? And it's, it's, it just, it scales in a very, very cool and novel way to the point where you see people who, again, like at one stage couldn't skip then challenge themselves with something that when they were in, like, they wouldn't have even considered it possible that they could do a double under, let alone do a very high standard of double unders for time, or people who couldn't, you know, do burpees. It's like, you know, they're using a bench. It's like, no, they're doing it from the floor, or pull-ups, push-ups, or a massive one, like pull-ups and push-ups. No, I am so proud of the amount of clients that we have that can do pull pull-ups now. Yeah. It's actually, it's also good. And the ladies starting to come up as well and do their pull-ups too. It's, um, it's very, very cool. Seeing, um, it is it is frustrating, like, trying to address weaknesses, like, over and over and over again um, without actually making progress with it. One of the biggest obstacles that I would say is relative strength. So a lot of people, when they first sign up, um, their goal is to lose body weight and one of the, or body fat. And one of the things that they'll get stuck with is like a body pull or dips or push-ups or stuff that's through relative strength rather than objective strength. Relative strength is strength body weight ratio and absolute strength is basically just how strong you are. So someone who comes in and I say they're 110 kilos or male and they deadlift 180 kilos straight off the bat. Like they're really, 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 yeah, really, really strong, making it look easy. Or it is, but like they can't do one push-up. They can't do one pull-up because again, they're so heavy. Like if they were, let's say a normal, um, weight for their height and all that sort of stuff. Normal, quite, normal, healthy, healthy, yeah. Because yeah. unhealthy is quite normal, eh? You know, overweight's quite normal. Yeah. That's fair. But they'd be able to do no chin ups because they're that strong. And then a lot of times, well, they, they probably could, they just don't have the coordination to do it or they just don't know what the right answer is. And a lot of times, when they do the foundation program, the amount of like light bulbs that go off and it's like, oh, this is how you're supposed to do it. And they go, oh, I'm like this all the time. Or the push ups, like the amount of people. Are terrible push-ups that I see all the time. Like, I don't understand how people don't know how to do push-ups. I listen, but at the same time, I actually do because I used to say, listen. I used to do terrible push-ups. I used to not have a bloody clue. That's kind of bringing me onto our our, ne our next segment is like why we make people do the fighting fit program, starting with foundations. It's one on one. So obviously, what we what we try to do is sell all the benefits of a personal trainer at a fractional cost, but. What we have to do is we have to train with you one-on-one -on -one because the benefits of personal training, that's why we didn't just say, oh, we do group sessions. We frame it in a way that it's one-on-one -on -one trainer or personal trainer because when you get a coach's attention one-on-one, -on -one, that is the best case scenario. Now, with the level method and the system that we've set up, we've made it so the most expensive part of training with the personal trainer is their time one-on-one. -on -one. So we try and now get all of the benefits you do, the same kind of training in a group for a fraction of the cost. Fantastic. 
But initially, an awful lot of people need that one-on-one -on -one attention. They need to be coached. They need to be cued and get a good understanding because how the hell is the, the lay person supposed to know about good shoulder mechanics, good hip mechanics, you know? It's like we started... But it's even a big deal. But it's even a big deal, exactly, yeah. Why can't I have my elbows out? It's like I literally only knew four years ago, you know? And so it's like getting the one-on-one the -on -one time with a person to obviously build a relationship. To build a relationship so that way they trust you and they can kind of get a feel for our vibe and our coaching so we can assess them and make sure that, like, listen, you are... You know moving in such a way that an injury is going to come up or you're moving in such a way that your power is limited um, and so this is the scalable and we start moving them into a very scalable way because this is all about you know growing at scale appropriate progression appropriate exactly and so what we want to do is we want to take you in we want to obviously <laughs> not throw you in the deep end you know we want to do your swimming lessons before we start racing and so that's kind of what the foundation is all about we want to take you in we want to you know at a, a slower speed than the classes instead of giving you a couple of cues We'll give you a hundred cues. It's like we'll go this, we'll go this, we'll go slow. We'll make sure you have a, a good understanding. And for some people, we recommend that they don't move on to class. Yeah, we recommend that hey, look, you stay another wee while in the one-on-one -on -one sessions because you could really benefit and would get more from the program if you were to get that little bit more one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah, but I think it's it's very very rare that we that we recommend people to just continue with one-on-ones. It's rare. The reason we do that is because either they would. Um, let's say take too much attention away from the group session because maybe they lack coordination, flexibility, or you know, they're not confident in certain movements. And they just all they need to do is just learn all the fundamental movements to make sure that they have it there. And why? Why do we do that? Because if you're in the group session and that is you, you could get hurt. Or, and so, or but on top of you, it would almost be a waste of time because the amount of time that you spend, you know, trying to get something right or even get set up or even exactly, yeah. different things. Yeah, up. exactly. Um, Especially with, with absolutely. But my point, sorry, my point being, why would it take away from other people? Because you would have to be on them. Because you couldn't just let them, as I said, most people just go into a gym and just, oh, tear away. It's like, no, it's like you literally can't do that. If you came to my class and had no idea what you're doing, it's like you are going to stick out like a sore thumb to me because you are, like, I am going to need to now pour so much time into you because the place that I want you to be at is moving in a safe and sustainable way. And to obviously, to your point, you know, to get to the point where you're going to get something out of the sessions, like, that's literally all I'd want to do. Like, I literally wouldn't want to train anybody else because you, you, about you I'm just so concerned about, yeah, that one person. And so what we do is we, we instead of doing it during the class, we take people one-on-one, -on -one, we spend, you know, what is it, um, four and a half hours, four hours on average, you know, each person, per client, per client before they come in, in the foundations. And then on top of that, then we do your nutrition and goal set consultation with the set goals. Make sure that you're like six hours or 45 minutes. So what's that? Five and a half hours. So five and a half hours near enough total time for your entire foundation package. And again, you'll have a great idea what you're doing. You'll have a, my favorite part of the people coming in after foundations is like the fitness levels from session one to session five and then session one of the fighting for program being their six sessions like that they're actually now fit. You know, they've been through the period where they're, they've walked up the stairs with a limp. You know, they've struggled to sit on the toilet. You know, their kids jumped on their leg and they could barely tolerate it because gone through that sort. It's like, and now hopefully you're out of that period before you start in the group classes. So you start to feel that little bit of confidence. And you've had two weeks to just kind of, you know, do two sessions a week, do three sessions a week, or do one and then two and then another two over a three period. It's like, that is how most people should start. You shouldn't start with five sessions, five and 10 sessions, just straight off the bat. It's not a good idea. So right, if you like that, don't forget to like and subscribe. 
through the channel like this video share it with your friends you know the crack by now we are on all the socials so make sure you follow us you can get me on instagram ff movement coach you can get chris on instagram at ff chris and as i said see you in the next one